It's Christmas Eve, but no matter what you're celebrating, you're still in the right place because this is where the money is. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Copenheffer. This is David Hansen, and we are feeling the holiday spirit. David, you love this. You are really feeling that hat. For everybody listening, Matt (laughs) is wearing... Trying to describe it. It's a jester hat. It's but a it's jester a, Christmas hat. It's a jester Santa hat. Please go to the YouTube channel and watch this episode. You won't. Or we, we should. We can. We can tweet a picture, because that'll work. Do it. self. Oh no, I don't do selfies. I don't do selfies. <laughs> All right. Starting off our Christmas theme show today, or our, our holiday. We'll call it our holiday theme show today because we are about inclusivity. Everybody's included. It's Christmas Eve, but this is for everybody. Stocking stucker, stocking stuffer stocks. <laughs> stocking stuffer stocks. We spend a lot of time talking about the, the biggest companies in the industry. But what are some of the smaller companies, some of the smaller stocks that might fit into a stocking that you're liking for right now into 2014 and beyond? This isn't going to be a surprise to you. Maybe. This company has a market cap of under $2 billion, so that qualifies, right? Okay. Yeah, you can get that in a stocking. Stuff it right in there. Billion dollar. Going with Evercore. Uh, I've talked about this before. This is uh, an investment bank, a small investment bank, but it's an up-and-comer in the industry, in my opinion. And I think when you look across the board at all these small investment banks, whether it be Greenhill, Lazard, Evercore, the valuations look expensive. Evercore's trading 36 times earnings. That sounds like a lot when the market's trading at 18, 19, 20 times earnings. But when you look at the growth that the company is doing over the past couple of years, over the last three years, revenue growth, annual growth rate 25% over the last three years. That's pretty impressive. That's what I want to see from a small company, 1.8 billion market cap, in an enormous industry. They have a lot of room to run if they can continue to gain market share. And in investment banking, this is kind of an industry where the more you win, the more you win, because it's such a reputation-based business. The more business they get, that helps them get future business. So I still like the business. I think the valuation is pretty darn reasonable today. I'm taking your Evercore and raising you a green hill. Oh, my gosh. There we go. Yeah, you're darn right. You know, I, I don't have a problem with Evercore. It's, it's a fine business. I just like yeah, Green Hill. I like it's Green very Hill fun. better. Green Hill's got great global exposure, particularly in Europe. That hasn't been a great, uh, great thing to have, a great place to be over the past few years. But when we think about the future, when we think about the long term, uh, I like that. Um, in addition, when we think about investment banks, one of, the, one of the troubles with the business is that it's a very people-based business. And you have to make sure that you pay the people well. But at the same time, as a shareholder, you want to make sure that you're seeing some of those right. profits. Green Hill very good about making sure that cash flows back to investors, among other things, a very nice dividend. All right. Dividend. We're in agreement there. No. That, that's, all I, that's all I got. I, I got another one. Small stocking. I got two. Okay. This is a big stocking. So my second stock is Portfolio Recovery Associates. We've talked about this a few times on the show. This is, it's, it's a company that's not very exciting. They buy charged off uh, credit portfolios and they collect on them. They're basically just very, very good at what they do. Uh, they, they get these portfolios. They know, how to, they know how to price them and they know how to price them such that they can get 
uh, tremendous returns on them, and they have a great track record proving mm-hmm. that, they've been, that they've been able to do this. Right. And the ticker there is P-R-A-A. That is correct. P-R-A-A. thought I'd give all the listeners some love. Well, G-H-L was Green Hill, just in case. And Evercore is E-V-R. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that we've, we might as well. Yep. All right. Next, we're going to go on to the naughty nice list for 2013. So who is naughty? Who is nice? David, who's on your nice list? Actually, no, no, let's start. Who's on your naughty list? For I, didn't know, I didn't know if you wanted to do this from the perspective. I left it wide open. Okay, so anything what, we what, want. Whatever you thought. Okay, the actual company has been naughty to its shareholders, but not because it's unreasonable. And my naughty company is Fannie Mae. Could there be a naughtier company? Whether you agree if it's a good investment this year or not, the shareholders are getting nothing as the company sits there today, spewing enormous profits all to the treasury, none to the shareholders there. It's pretty naughty. Yeah, not very, not very nice to shareholders. Doesn't look like there's a clear path to that, for that to change in the coming years or so. We saw the plan from Bruce Berkowitz. That got shot down pretty darn quickly. Yes, there's some, some plans floating around Congress. I don't know the, how realistic it is that anything would be done in the next year or so, maybe. But for 2013, Fannie Mae, very, very naughty. So I looked at, for my naughty list, I looked at the, the performance of, of companies, of financial companies, uh, with a market cap of $250 million or more and trading on U.S. exchanges. National Bank of Greece, <laughs> bottom of the bucket, uh, really bad 2013. And when we think about banks in general, uh, one of the things to think about is the idea that a bank is a basically an option. It's a play. It's, it's driven by the nation's economy where it's based. And National Bank of Greece, based in Greece, not too surprising that that's been struggling a bit. Uh, and maybe 2014 will look better, but 2013 was a disaster for shareholders. It was. It was ugly. Uh, your nice list. Nice list. Got one stock on my nice list for you. That is Capital One. Trading at 1.6 times tangible book while having a return on tangible equity of 16%. I think that trade-off there is attractive for shareholders today. The company's been pretty much a growth story the last couple decades, actually. It's now, I think, the sixth biggest commercial bank in the U.S. So I think it's now shifting from that growth strategy, acquiring ING Direct, getting a bigger deposit base, to now a strategy of focusing on returns, focusing on giving more money back to shareholders through dividends, through buybacks. They haven't done a lot of that in the past, but now that they're at the size they are, the returns are where they are. I think they have the opportunity to do that. So Capital One sitting on my nice list. I like it. Uh, Sticking with the theme of what stocks did poorly versus what stocks did well, Bank of Internet, one of the best performing financial stocks of 2013. Not surprisingly, this this is a bank that is exciting from the perspective that it's aggressively attacking the opportunity to be online with lower overhead costs, offer better uh, better interest rates to its customers and grow that way and grow it has. It's been crazy growth. Mm-hmm. And 2013 saw the stock price fall or follow, if not outpace some of that growth. So looking ahead to 2014 and beyond, maybe a little bit of a hurdle now because of the high, high valuation, but certainly 2013 was great for B of I and its shareholders. Yes. Inevitably... Christmas Day rolls around, get a few presents, uh, get a bunch of presents maybe if you're David Hansen, <coughs> and, <Toaster>. on, <laughs> and lots of toasters. And on December 26th, got to turn around and say, well, not sure that I want to keep all of these. 
What is a stock that is on your returns list for December 26th? Well, I'm glad you just talked about B of I, because that is the stock that I, that I would be returning. And I think you make some great points how it's been a market leader in, in moving online. It has a good business model. But you mentioned the valuation. And we should say, we're not, we're not in the office right now on Christmas Eve. We're filming this a little bit beforehand. And as of right now, it's trading at four times book value. And okay, in and of itself, that doesn't mean much. The returns have been there. But when we look across the, the, the world of banks or the all the banks in the country, with a market cap over $500 million, that's the highest valuation for any bank, a traditional bank that takes in deposits, gives out loans. That's a, that's a pretty high valuation. That's a big hurdle over that's the next several years. So it's more like I like the business. Ball. I like the business, but when, it, when I get that stock, I think I would go in and exchange that for a company like Capital One that has been producing good returns, but it's just at a much more reasonable valuation. Three times book value, is that a buy for you? Potentially. Two times book value, is that a no-brainer buy for you? Yes. All right. Uh, My December 26th return would be Universal Insurance Holdings. Uh, This is an insurance company that has been growing like crazy, uh, and it was one of the best-performing financial stocks of 2013. However, the risk profile of the company just is... I'm not crazy about it. And what Universal is focused on is homeowners insurance almost exclusively in Florida. So almost 100%, let's call it 100%, homeowners insurance in Florida. Over the past, it's been a long time, a long time since Florida has had a really, uh, truly bad hurricane season. And I would love to see Florida not have a bad hurricane season again for forever because Mm -hmm. that's a terrible thing. Um, But weather runs in cycles and eventually the, uh, we will have, we will see a bad hurricane season in Florida. And I question a little bit whether universal insurance is ready for that. uh, Given the growth, given the exposure there, uh, there's reason to be concerned when you have an insurance company, when you have any risk management based business growing that fast uh, in a concentrated uh, in a concentrated risk, there's potential when that risk turns around and comes home to roost that uh, that the results aren't pretty. Yeah, and they're not the only uh, insurance company that's done very well from a stock perspective that focuses on Florida homeowners. I think right. the other one is HCI. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another I- insurer that almost exclusively in Florida has done very well. You look at the stock price, unbelievable. You look at the, the combined ratio, unbelievable, because they haven't had to pay out many claims. But uh, like Universal, maybe uh, there, there's one day that comes back to haunt them. It could be proved wrong, and, right. and uh, that's fine. It's, this is, a, as I think it's Buffett who likes to say, it's a no-cold-strikes uh, endeavor, this investing thing. Uh, so Universal Insurance, I would be taking my great 2013 gains and cashing that in on, on December 26th. All right. All right, finishing off here, gifts that keep on giving. There are, you don't see as many great dividend payers in the financial industry as we did prior to the financial crisis, but there are still some out there. Um, I guess I'm focusing on dividends as a gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Maybe you thought about this a different way, but what's your gift, what's your investment gift that keeps on giving? I focused on dividends as well. Okay. Well, going, with, going with Wells Fargo, we don't see this as a huge dividend payer. Yielding 2.75%, that's reasonable with a payout ratio of 30%. And we need to remember that the Fed right now, who who kind of gives the thumbs up, thumbs down to the banks in terms of dividends, they're targeting 
a 30% payout ratio for now. Uh, as banks build more capital, that will probably move up. Banks will be able to give back more capital to shareholders. I would trust Wells Fargo to do that of these big banks that have a lot of capital. I think they are going to give money back to shareholders. And the stock itself is not expensive in my mind. I know we talk about the big four. And we say, well, Wells Fargo is the most expensive. It has the highest valuation. I still think it's pretty reasonable. I think you can see upside in the stock and you get almost a 3% dividend. So that keeps on giving. There you go. Um- Probably won't surprise you that I'm going to say Two Harbors. Big dividend here. Two Harbors is a mortgage REIT. Uh, Like a traditional equity REIT, mortgage REITs have to pay out the predominance of their income in a form of dividends. So they all pay these massive dividends. It's going to be, it's it's been a challenging time for the mortgage REITs. Uh, It will continue to be a challenging time for the mortgage REITs. But unlike a competitor like Annalee Capital, which focuses predominantly on agency mortgage-backed securities, Two Harbors has taken a much more flexible approach to the, uh, to the mortgage REIT business. Uh, I, I think that they've done some great things with the business uh, and that flexibility. Great management team here. Uh, great outlook in terms of allocating capital. And again, goes back to that flexibility. Able to put it into, uh, put capital into agency-backed securities, non-agency-backed securities, and, uh, and even some other areas of the real estate market that, uh, that, that folks like Annalee aren't even touching. Big dividend. Big dividend. That keeps on giving. Yep. Maybe not, maybe not as much with these troubling times, but we'll keep on giving. Yep. Well, that's our show. This is uh, Where the Money Is. I'm Matt Copenhaver. This is David Hansen from all of us at Where the Money Is, including Heather behind the camera, our production uh, guru. Uh, we wish you happy holidays. People on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear.